So our testimony starts at uh, New Day Church with Greg and Hensia Garrett back in the day. And uh, I tell you what, just to take a moment of honor um, in how they released us and, and sent us, in a sense, to transition this community. It's been an absolute joy. And I think it's only when you're leading your own community that you go, whoa, respect to lead elders. <laughs> Just because of the weight that it is to yeah. carry the vision. But um, I would say this is our story so far because we still feel like there's just so much ground to yeah. take, so much that God wants us to, to do um, in, in terms of winning the ground, winning Santon for Jesus. Um, but what was so interesting about the start of our story is that only one of us was hearing the Lord. <laughs> no, I'm joking, love. But I had, always, I had it always in my heart to, that we would lead a community. Well, I should say it was a desire in my heart always that we would lead a community. And Anton is a lot more, lot more thorough and deliberative in his thinking and in his waiting on God. And I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, to where we are today, I, I want to say, you know that you're doing church. It's the right thing to be doing church planters if you are packed with vision and like an excitement and an exuberance to build God's kingdom. I just couldn't wait yeah. for our thing that we could lead and um, set vision for and hear God for. And I want to say that the first lesson I learned very, very near the beginning was that there are sort of unclear expectations that one has to deal with in the beginning. Unclear is maybe not the right word, but what I mean is I had such heightened expectations because yeah. my heart was right. I, I was so excited for what we would put our hands to. We want to blow this thing out the water. We just want the church to become known in the city so that people could find a home. And, and, and there was just all this, all this joyful expectation in my heart. And I just, I, I slowly learned, hey, to go at God's pace and to yield to his timing and to his processes is such a privilege. And when you actually say, Lord, we want to be a spirit-led church, there's such a there's such an there's like a posture of ease in that, just to say, Lord, you are leading this, and we just submit all our dreams to you. Mm. And for us, very it was just so like it was kind of like a a whirlwind in the beginning. We had a baby. I mean, literally, we had a baby. <laughs> like as we were leading, started leading the church, we moved suburbs. It was all so much at once. And then suddenly, if I can say the dust settled and it became very real. And I learned then that actually the weight is, it's both a weight and a privilege to be yeah. leading a people. But honestly, to be saying, Father, what is your heart for this people? Because mm. you can get yourself completely exhausted and, and, and um, overwhelmed if you take it on yourself. Yeah. But actually, we realized, and I don't know if you want to touch on this, love, but how necessary it was for our marriage mm. to be strong totally. because you're going to not you're going to take hits but it's just it becomes really real the enemy is of course you know very aware of the ground you're trying to take mm. and so yeah in the beginning some of the lessons some of the big lessons for me was what is healthy expectation and how necessary it is to be working on our marriage mm. so friends about 6 years ago i i found myself in a space where i wasn't quite sure where god wanted us um, I never really desired to lead a church. I never put my hand up to be a church leader. As a matter of fact, I, I six years ago, even thought of transitioning into the workplace and just being more hands-on with people, mm -hmm. trusting that God would use me in the workplace, seeing people healed, seeing people saved. I really like just getting hands-on with those who do not know Jesus. And Greg released me just to go and spend some time in another church in a different nation for four Sundays, as a matter of fact. 
And it was in those four weeks away from my home church where God began to speak to me. I'll never forget it. Um, it was one morning just in, a, in like a prayer room where I was just waiting on God and God spoke very clearly to me. He said to me, Anton, um, I want you to watch the horizon when you get back home because someone's going to approach you and uh, to, to take over the leadership of a church. And it happened exactly like that. I came back from that trip and it was a couple of weeks later, I think it was under a month later, yeah. Paul and Minda Nichols that led Santon City Church approached us and said, hey guys, God has really laid you guys on our hearts to transition Santon City Church. And as that happened, I just knew that this was of God. There was a faith that rose up within us. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, it's been beautiful to see what happens when we are a people, when we are leaders that remain sensitive to the voice of yes. God. God comes and he breathes prophetic vision into our hearts for a community. Yeah. And I want to tell you that is what is required. God is looking for leaders, leadership couples that are stout hearted. Good. And what does it mean to be stout hearted? It is to be courageous and well as determined. Mm -hmm. And so God began to speak to me about Santon City Church, now Upper Room Church. And he asked me a question. He said to me, Anton, do you believe that revival can come to the economic hub of Africa. And God wanted my yes. Yeah. And so, yes, we're not seeing revival the way that often we in picture or picture revivals to take place. But I'm telling you what, we're seeing people's lives changed. Amazing. We're seeing marriages restored. Mm -hmm. We're seeing testimonies of healing. We're seeing people come to know Jesus. Yeah. And so in my heart, there's massive vision to see a revival in the economic hub of Africa because Amen. of the prophetic vision that God spoke to both of us. But I'm telling you, it is our responsibility to guard our hearts, yes. to keep our hearts before the Lord, because God is looking for a people that are stout-hearted, yes. courageous and determined, envisioned yes. with prophetic vision. Yeah. And so it's been amazing just to... to to be a couple, to be a leadership team, and to look after a community of people yes. and to pastor, to shepherd. Yes. And I'm telling you what, to watch religion come off people. Oh, amen. God has not called, God has not called us as a community to be a people of religion, to tick all the religious boxes and to be church on a Sunday. No, mm -hmm. God's called us to be a people that are prophetically envisioned that do not hold on to religion, but good. actually relationship with God. Yeah, and uh, if I can just encourage you watching this, hear the voice of the Lord. Mm. Listen, listen to what he's saying and allow the spirit of God to breathe prophetic vision into you. I remember, I'll never forget uh, Paul, Paul and Minda just sitting us down uh, a month or so before we actually did the transition and Paul asked me, Anton, what is your strategy for this transition? What is your strategy <laughs> yeah. for the first year or so of this church or the, or the leadership of this church? And in that moment, I had cold shivers just come upon me. <laughs> but in that moment, I also had just prophetic vision. Yeah. Because before this meeting, before this time with Paul and Minda, I asked the Lord the same question. I said, Lord, what is my strategy and he said to me, Anton, I will lead you as a couple yes. step by step. Amen. Yes, and I was amen. actually in a vision. I saw my desk and I saw my exam pad with all my notes. And it was, uh, I like just highlighting my notes. And I saw just three or four 
uh, notes or just pointers on this exam pad. And I felt the Lord say to me, it's your responsibility as a church leader to position yourself for prophetic vision yeah. because I'll lead you step by step. And so I want to say to you, keep in step with the Spirit of God. Some of you are asking the Lord, Lord, where do you want to plant us? What have you got for us? Just position yourself with that exam yeah, pad. Good. It might be a blank exam pad. It might be a blank notebook. But I want to tell you prophetically, even right now, as I'm speaking this, I'm, I'm aware of the anointing of God upon us to declare this over you, that God is wanting to lead you. God is wanting to speak to you. Yes. Just remain open. Listen to his yes. voice. Protect the stout-heartedness of your leadership. Being courageous and being determined for the things of, of God. Yeah. It's forceful men and women that will lay yes. hold of what God has, the promises of God. Yes. And so please bear that in mind. Friends, another piece of advice that we have walked through and lived through enough, and I have felt it has needed our attention, is this thing of family. I know that when we started leading Upper Room, our heart from the beginning was that we wanted to build a family, not another. I know Anton always talks about not bringing corporate into the Sunday gathering and any other church gatherings that happen during the week, but actually it's a family moment mm. and it's actually authentic and real relationships. Yeah. You know, and you hear these words authentic and being real, but actually what does it look like? We, we took time to actually ask God, what does that look like? So we, we just felt practically, and this is just part of our story, but we actually unbusied our people. And so we didn't, we didn't overload them with um, meetings and um, programs. We just wanted to build family. And so Sundays were obviously a big moment, but life groups, meals together, a lot of meals together, a lot of fellowship. And what's beautiful about doing that, about building family, is it's from the young to the oldest. And yeah. um, so our three boys who are now four, well, at the time they were zero, they were one, not even one, and um, they're now four nine and 11, they have been very much a part of the picture from the beginning. They are in it all. The prayer meetings, they have learned that there's obviously been some sacrifice for them, but it's taught them beautiful things about what it is to build community. Um, and I don't know, love, if you want to touch on what it is to look after yourself and how we found that absolutely important. Yeah, I think, uh, well, one of the phrases that I heard Marcus say to me or just brief me on is to talk about big vision. And I want to tell you, big vision doesn't come by just making making things up in our minds, mm. making things up on yeah. based on what the church down the road does, yes. but rather listening to the voice and the spirits leading. And uh, I want to tell you that in, in leading and in just leading a community of people, there will be times of discouragement. There will be times yeah. of loneliness, yes. but it is the fire of the Holy Spirit that will keep us on course. Yeah. It is the fire of the Holy Spirit that will keep us running for the long run. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, fire cannot burn by itself. Fire needs wood mm. to keep burning. And what does that mean? It means that we need to look after the fire of the Holy Spirit in us. We are keepers of the fire of the Holy Spirit in us. And so what is required? It requires us continually coming before the Lord and presenting ourselves as living sacrifices. And I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is very attracted to people that position themselves like that. Who are willing. Hey? Who yeah. are willing. Mm. Even Jeremiah, as you know, he faced discouragement. He faced just opposition. And even times where he, he, he looked at his ministry and he thought to himself, no one's even listening to me. But then he makes this one statement. He says that this message in me burns like fire in my bones. Mm. And that is the fire of the Holy Spirit. I tell you guys, 
God is looking for people, uh, leaders that are on fire yes. for the things of the kingdom. And that, that sure. means that I actually put myself on the altar because fire always comes on the altar. Mm -hmm. We cannot be a people of big vision without the fire of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you, even right now, you might not know where God is wanting to position you, where God wants you to plant, but position yourself and begin to burn. God Revival will not start by building more church buildings yeah. and starting more church programs. Revival will start and break out when believers burn with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so we are very we are very comfortable to talk about the peace of the Holy Spirit, knowing our eternal destination. But Jesus, if I can remind us, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. And I believe it's time for even this new group of church planters to go with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. And so on our hearts, I just said to Ange, how do we end this? this little talk. I want to pray for you. And so we're going to do that. Father God, we want to just thank you for everyone watching this. Father God, I want to thank you that you live outside of time and space. And right now, Lord God, I just pray that your hand would come upon every person watching this. Those who are uncertain that you would speak to them. Those who are maybe fearful. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in them, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and soundness of mind. And I just pray the fire of the Holy Spirit over this group of people. And I thank you prophetically for big vision over these people. Yes, in, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, God bless you. And we are looking forward to hearing all the God stories yeah. coming from this group of people. Very God exciting. bless you.